All right, welcome back to Vernacular Podcast. We're here with the long-awaited food news podcast. <laughs> long-awaited for us. <laughs> Holiday-themed. I, I don't know if we have quite the following that that uh, <laughs> they're they're just you know waiting for the next food news episode to come out. I think I said long-awaited because we mentioned this two episodes ago, and then we forgot that we'd actually mentioned it, and they were like, oh, wait, we need to do a food news episode. <laughs> um, but you might have heard someone's laugh, which was not familiar, uh, on the other end of the line here, and that is... Margaret Perry, who's joining us for the first time in, we were trying to th- also long awaited. Yeah, also long awaited. <laughs> Margaret Perry, welcome back to Vernacular. Thank you very much. Great to be on the show. Yeah, great to have you back. I know you've been up to a lot of different things since we last talked, and as I was just just mentioning, it was a while ago. I think a year ish ballpark uh, since you were last on the show. At yeah. the time, you were with this really cool restaurant called Kirasan in DC. All of our listeners should go check it out. Um, but now you no longer are. Now you are selling wine. For a Charlottesville-based uh, importer, which is really awesome. So exactly, yeah. You know, when I whenever I think of you, Margaret, I think of rosé because it was you who opened my eyes, <laughs> yes, right. to the possibilities yes. of rosé wine. I was all I Victory. was. I was raised to believe my father's a wine enthusiast. Um, it was but, like rosé is like sparkling juice or something. Well, it was just like the uh, it was the blend, right? Just it was blended red and white, and that gives you rosé. And uh, I don't that. I mean, this is this is from my childhood, so I don't want to I don't want to malign right. or impugn uh, ignorance to my father. Uh, <laughs> He he may have he may have also matured in his um, rosé knowledge since then. But well, to be fair, there was no good rosé out there until like 15 years ago. Well, there you oh, go. There you that, go. Yeah, that makes sense then. Okay. <laughs> well, you have opened my eyes, um, Margaret. So thank you for thank you for the wine education. Uh, would love to get my pleasure. Would love to get some more tips from you at some point in the future. But we have a packed show in front of us today. We are going to uh, do some food news, as we as, as is the tradition on this new series <laughs> on Vernacular. Before we do that, <laughs> yes. though, because it is holiday-themed, well, first of all, we're going to try to keep our food news holiday-themed. I will be upfront in, in just saying I was not super good at that this time around. Um, but before we get into all the food news, maybe we could just go around in a circle. Sally, let's start with you and talk about our favorite holiday food. Yes. So is it just one food that I have to choose? One food that you have to choose. Oh man, really? Just one? Well, okay. You can go, you can go two, you can go maximum of three. Okay. Okay. I got no three. more than three. I have three. I have okay. three. Okay. So my favorite, so we're, we're including Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, think, I think these would fit. There's a lot of crossover, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I do like Turkey. I'm not saying that's my favorite holiday meat. What? That is the most lame answer. I do like turkey. It's the only time oh of year that goodness. I have it. Wow. So, yeah, I do like it. I'm um, with you, Sally. Oh, thank you. Thank Too you. much trouble, but it's great when it's great. It is, exactly. Yeah, and it's bad when it's bad. But So, I love well-smoked barbecue, like barbecue-smoked turkey. Delicious. Okay. Mm. Otherwise, not really, no. not really okay. a fan. I feel like that's great if you live in Texas right. where there's good barbecue. <laughs> Which we used to, and it was amazing. It was, yeah. was, was life changing. <laughs> okay, I also like cranberry sauce, but not like the gelled kind. I used to like that more. But then my mom kind of switched over sometime in my childhood to making more of a sauce that has like nuts and it's just like more of a compote, I guess. I don't know if that's the best phrase for it, but. That I do like. And then mm-hmm. I also really like these chocolates that my grandfather brings out every year. They are dark chocolate. They're called, they're, the brand is Saruji's, I yeah. think. And it's like three pounds of dark chocolate. And some of them have nuts. And it's just like every every type of dark chocolate candy under the sun. And they oh are absolutely 
amazing. It was a lot of fun when that box was out all Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. Yeah, but then it was gone too ago. quickly, and yeah. then they were, yeah, I was sad. Well, there were a lot of people in that house, and- Yes, and everyone was just going after it. Everyone enjoyed the cerises. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> no so chocolate those, is safe. Exactly. Okay, well, um, the turkey kind of lame answer, Sally, but uh, I'll give you credit for the other two. I knew you would think that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Margaret, you're up. Um, hands down, Christmas time, I will eat anything- that has peppermint in it. Ooh, yes. Like I'm one of those people who wishes peppermint ice cream was around year round. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had and, peppermint ice cream. Oh, just like awesome. straight up. I have I have a really weird and controversial mint ice cream opinion though. And that is that mint ice cream is not actually that good because the extra mintiness makes everything feel extra cold and it can actually <laughs> it can actually reduce the pleasantness of the ice cream when it sounds when it feels excessively no, cold. It, it enhances oh the pleasantness of the ice cream. And this is peppermint so like, as distinct from ice. mint chocolate chip, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, so it's like a even bracinger mint, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. peppermint is like spearmint is a sweeter kind of mint and winter mint is a sweeter kind of mint. Yeah. Speaking, so, of, yeah. speaking of bracing mints, Sally got this mint gum at the store the other day what was it called it was like it's like freeze mint or something it was it was painful oh my to chew. it's like, like chewing toothpaste yeah it was so bad i was like who in their right mind would ever buy this enjoy this yeah terrible so oh i will gosh, i will pass on awful. the freeze mint flavored ice cream for sure when that yeah comes yeah for sure and it will it will <laughs> no doubt okay so that's one pepper anything yeah, peppermint i mean hands down are you a peppermint bark so person much. yeah Okay. I love Christmas tree bark or peppermint bark or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah. It's, I love it all. I will spend $25 for the tin of it. I mean, I, no shame. Love it. Um, gosh. Oh, you know, you know what? My other, um, somewhat controversial, uh, all these are two and three. I love panettone, which is the Italian. <gasps> I was going to bring um, that up actually. It's a yeasted, yeah, it's a yeasted bread and it's got, you know, the dried fruit in it and um, citrus and brandy or rum. And it's just heaven. Now, try to, you know, find some that's homemade or well-made or imported from Italy, but isn't like the stuff that's been sitting on the shelf since March. You yes, know? that always turns um, me off. It seems amazing, but then I can't imagine how it could be good in the box variety. Yeah. Yeah. So just, but I've, I've had, I have made it a couple of times, not of my own accord, like with people who really, who were actually Italian and knew how to do it. Um, and there, I mean, there's nothing like it when you have it fresh and it's really a true indulgence because like in the, it takes a ton of butter, it takes a ton of eggs. And when you think about in pre pre refrigeration time, eggs slow down in the winter time and milk production slows down in the wintertime. And so it really was like they saved up their stores of fats and generous That's really cool. um, product and they turned it into this bread um, as an indulgence for the feast, which I just love that side of it. And, and there's, yeah. there's fruit a, in it as well? Dried fruit. Dried fruit. Is there okay. chocolate? Yeah. Okay. Um, sometimes there's chocolate. Sometimes I don't think the traditional recipe has Not the chocolate, authentic but... panettone. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Um, they've spent Advent saving up those, those more expensive exactly. or hard to find things. And then at Christmas be able to feast with this beautiful bread. The feast. Well, yeah. they probably, that. cool. they would probably fast through Advent and not eat their eggs during Advent. That's true. Yeah. That's possible. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Certainly in, in very old 
times that would have been the thing. So, but I think if you go to like a good Italian store or a good like international gourmet market, any of those, um, I mean, you don't want to buy like the $5 one, but like the $15, $16 one, um, I've had really good luck with all of them. They're, they're not as good as totally fresh, but they are very good. Um, and then once you get past that, like first one, it really, they're best toasted with just a little bit of butter, like lightly toasted and a little bit of butter, but then butter is good with everything. Oh yes. You can never have too much butter. No. Yeah. There's no such thing. So my godson actually, his mom texted me today and said that he asked for butter for his brownie this afternoon. Butter on (laughs) his brownie. You were amazing. Well, Lucy likes to. Why have I never thought of that? Lucy likes to um, just grab bites of butter when we're not looking. Yeah. Just like stick her finger into the butter. Which is not even salted. So I'm just kind of like, right. uh. I remember my sister doing that when, when we were growing up. And I was like, amazing. I didn't quite understand it. As I mean, I liked butter, but not that much. I didn't just want to not eat that it. much. Right, right. Any other yeah. foods, Margaret, um, that are on your favorites yeah, list? Yeah, well, the, the third would be similar to panettone, but I love a true traditional fr- fruit cake. Ooh. And it's like the same principle. It's like these, you know, they save up all the, the fruit that they've dried through the summer and they soak it in brandy and they put it all together with a loose batter and they keep soaking the cake with brandy every day or every couple days. And it's all wrapped up and it's just when it's actually properly made, it's really, really beautiful. Well, apparently that's the origin of stirrup Sunday that, I mean, one of the origins, the idea that on the first Sunday of Advent, you would stir up your fruitcake batter oh. and then you would keep working on it throughout all of Advent. And then you keep working on it. Oh my gosh, I never knew that. That's awesome. And you're from California. Have you heard of California fruitcake? Because that's what my mom makes. And it, That was pretty good, yeah. It, they don't they mm. do not do the brandy soaking, but it's like okay. huge dried fruit and huge nuts and then held together yeah. by a loose batter. By a loose batter. No, I've never heard of that, but I'm going to go look in my California cookbook as yeah, soon as I get off the phone. It's really you. good. I, I guess I don't know if it's authentically Californian, but it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, Zach, you're up. Man, these are all. And good. now you just have to choose one thing because we took so much time. That's fine. I only have one thing in mind, actually. <laughs> and I've been preparing for this for a while. So, three years ago, when did we start this podcast? Four years ago? 2015. Yeah, four years ago. So about four years ago, I think around this time of year, we were talking about holiday foods. And I criticized one that I now need to extol. Oh, I will recant my previous statement. It's not turkey. It is not. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Definitely not turkey. (laughs) Cover that one. It is Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Yes. So four years ago, I was criticizing people who list Brussels sprouts on the, you know, the items of food that they're looking forward to consuming over the holidays. And I was like, look, I'm not anti-Brussels sprouts, but we can do better than this, right? Like they're, they're pretty tasteless. They're like little tiny cabbage balls. Uh, they taste like broccoli stems uh, and don't have the benefits of all the florets. I was pretty harsh on poor little yeah. Brussels sprouts. But then you were introduced to flash fried Brussels oh, sprouts. Oh, man. It's like you're married oh, man. to me, Sally. Changes everything. <laughs> it's like you know me. Yeah, so Sally and I, when we were living in Austin, our favorite place, I think our favorite, at least one of our very favorites, was a ramen place called Ramen Tatsuya. And you could choose the topping of flash fried Brussels sprouts. And mm. 
my goodness, just opened my eyes to a world of possibility contained inside <laughs> one little tiny Brussels sprout. And now Brussels sprouts, I have to say, are one of my favorite holiday foods. And I mean, they're not, exclu- they're not exclusively holiday. Fortunately, we can have them at other times of year as well. But uh, they definitely make man, a big appearance. I'll be darned if I don't love seeing those wonderful green balls of goodness <laughs> on, on the dinner table. At holidays, so I. Oh um, my that, gosh, that's great! Let I, it be known. I hope I've ex- I've expressed full contrition for my previous erroneous <laughs> Brussels sprout opinions, and I love Brussels sprouts. All right, that's awesome. So with that, was that dramatic enough, Sally? Very, it was okay. very dramatic. All right, good. I was moved. Overly good. Dramatic. I mean, I don't. You know, I haven't been a part of the whole argument, but I was moved. All right, good. Well, thank you. That was my that was my intention. Hopefully, our <laughs> listeners are. Moves to action, in fact, and we'll eat Brussels sprouts. Um, okay, well, now let's, uh, let's go into food news. And Margaret, as the guest of honor, how about you start? Uh, give us one right. food news item, something that, that struck your fancy, caught your eye. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to riff on what we're talking about with holiday foods and tell you for Thanksgiving, I was assigned to make mashed potatoes. And... I was visiting friends, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hosting in my own home. So I had to make something that, like, I could prepare ahead of time and somehow heat up and still be the perfectly creamy, rich consistency, but not too fatty consistency that mashed potatoes have to be so that they properly soak up all the wonderful gravy. Very hard task. It's a really hard task. and. I read probably a hundred mashed potato recipes from cookbooks to, you know, online, different bloggers, et cetera, et cetera. And I have to say the ones that I found are truly the best mashed potatoes I've ever had in my life. Wow. Uh, um, So I just have to recommend them to everybody. It's uh, a Bon Appetit recipe and it's from last year's Thanksgiving issue but it's called make ahead mashed potatoes um and it's yukon gold potatoes heavy cream milk butter um and the technique is um is pretty simple but the the thing is is like you know in principle if you understand how mashed potatoes are made you're like oh yeah i should be able to do most of it and then add the fat later but Actually, it's like adding the fat as you're mashing it that makes it a really smooth consistency. So how are you going to heat it up later? And they just, what they do is not revolutionary, but it is detailed so that you actually know and don't have to, it takes all the guesswork out um, of like how that works and um, what steps you can, you know, where you can pause in the making of the recipes and then bring it back up to temperature once you get to your destination. So for all of those who have to bring mashed potatoes to Christmas dinner, look this recipe up. And even if you alter it, like I actually ended up steeping garlic in my milk oh, as my I was goodness. heating it up. Oh my goodness. Cause I really love garlic in my mashed Same. potatoes. Um, so I even riffed on it, but like the technique was awesome nice. and I really recommend it. I'm inspired and I'm, we're not going anywhere for Christmas, but we're having people over. So maybe there you go. So, and that's the other thing, like, even if you're hosting, you don't want to be doing it all at once. Every burner. Yeah. Yeah, Right. It's a disaster. So, so this is an ignorant question, but how do you heat them up if you make them ahead of time? 
So you don't, you just don't put in all of the fat essentially. Okay. You put some of the fat in as you're, as you're mashing it to make it smooth and, and even and liquidy. And it also like, it has, you use a food mill, um, like a food processor. So you can still use a potato masher oh. or a potato ricer or something like that. I used a food mill because I have one. But what is really a food mill? Smooth. I don't even know what that is. A food mill is um, so it's like um, so not a food processor. This is something different. Not a food processor. No, it's it's a hand cranked. Um, it's a it's a um, it's like a very large funnel. But instead of being open at the bottom, it's got a um, a grate basically, and then it has a crank that rolls into the grate, and and like the food presses through it as you're rolling, um, as you're turning the crank. Oh I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just okay, it very, okay, okay. Very badly. It looks yeah, like a Jiffy yeah. Pop. <laughs> a Jiffy Pop. Oh, the popcorn thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of that shape. Yeah. Cool. You learn something new um, every day. Well. Um, Dear listeners, we will have that recipe because Margaret's going to send it to us. We'll have that recipe in the yes. show notes. So if you want to make these mashed potatoes, go ahead and go to the show notes and head to Bon Appetit and get the recipe Not there. if. You want to make them. When? And we'll have the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I also I'm love inspired. the fact that it calls for Yukon Gold because I love Yukon Gold potatoes. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. And what, what are the, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a potato rookie. Like so the there's russet. like russet baking potatoes, right? Isn't just like gen- right. general. Yeah. Yukon yeah. gold. What are the red ones? Is it red potatoes or? I think so. I think they're just called, I mean, they must have some other name, but yeah. What, what other kind of potatoes are out there? Oh, there are yeah, lots. There are so like, many. Oh, really? There are these new ones from Japan that are oh, purple, yeah, they're but purple. they're not sweet potatoes. And they're like waxy potatoes, like Yukon golds, but I've seen those. Um, they're purple, which is weird. It'd be kind of cool, to, uh, cool to do that for. Your mashed potatoes. Well, I was going to say for like an Advent <laughs> oh, dinner, yeah. you know, like purple That's mashed really potatoes. Good point. Um, well, I'm actually going to use that as a launching off point. Sally, I was going to pitch this to you, but because Margaret just mentioned a new kind of potato from Japan, I want to talk about one of my new food uh, food items, which is the Cosmic Crisp Apple. I know Sally's heard oh, about this yeah. because I was telling yes, her the other yes. day. I think I saw them at the store. Too. Really? Yeah. Were they super expensive? Yes. Because these are about three times the price of like your most expensive apples. It was at least double there. the Honeycrisp. It's crazy. Um, oh my gosh. But this is supposed to be like the crunchiest apple ever grown. And it also is supposed to be able to stay fresh in your fridge for months at a time. I don't understand why either of those are selling points. I mean, I'm, an apple's already pretty crunchy and you can get like crisp apples well maybe and why do you want it to last forever maybe i'm just speculating here maybe it's the idea of the consistency of the crunchiness because it's very disappointing when you go to bite a crunchy apple and it's been sitting in your fridge for a little too long and then it's just kind of mealy and right. soft oh definitely right so exactly. maybe maybe the selling point is it just like stays crispy and fresh tasting for a long, a long time. time so you have consistency right. hmm. plus most of the apples that you're getting at the grocery store are have been like cold cellared since mm. the harvest that's essentially. a good point right yeah so, so if already it stays old. really crisp then maybe you're actually saving on some of you know you don't need as intense cold storage or whatever mm. right yeah that makes sense well this apple has its own website you can go to cosmiccrisp.com <laughs> oh my gosh really? and, i'm looking this up right <laughs> now. yeah oh cosmiccrisp.com the it's, marketing it says it's a classically bred apple that makes it sound so hoity-toity doesn't it Oh, this is a classically bred apple grown in Washington state. This is the result, apparently, per the cosmiccrisp.com website, 
the result of 20 years of study and research by Washington State University's world-class tree fruit breeding program. And again, it's, it's foot-stopping here, classically bred by WSU researchers. They're a cross between Enterprise and Honeycrisp. So Sally, when I mentioned this to you a couple weeks ago, it was because I know you love Honeycrisp apples. I do. And this, this might mm. be something, maybe, uh, maybe this will find its way into uh, your stocking. Uh, no. This epiphany. No, no try don't, a, don't spend your money. <laughs> try a Cosmic Crisp apple. Also, I was actually inspired by one of our listeners, Nate. He recommended the Jazz Apples. And I oh, started yeah. eating the jazz apples, and those are really good and not as expensive as Honeycrisp. So I actually, I, I actually like, found a new favorite. At least at my Trader Joe's, the jazz apples are smaller. Yes, yes. You know, like the Honeycrisps are huge, and sometimes you just don't want to eat the equivalent of three apples. Especially if you're on the go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's too much. Well, that was my, that was my food item. I also, well, I was intrigued to know or learn, I should say, a little bit about the economics of fruit growing and selling, because apparently these things, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, I just hadn't really thought about it before, but these things can be proprietary. And so in this case, Cosmic Crisp apples can only be grown in Washington State through the next, I think, six years or something like that, uh, because there's a proprietary agreement with with growers in Washington State and nobody else can grow them. So they have, a, huh. they have, they have the market cornered on wow. Cosmic Crisp. Mm. Wow. So that's my, uh, that's my first item. Sally, what do you have? Okay, so I was attracted to this because we are watching the new season of The Crown, and mm-hmm. there is, was an article about what the royal family eats for Christmas dinner, and it's it's not it's not uh, it's not really news, I guess. It's kind of what you would expect <laughs> from the royal family, um, just because it sounds very British. And Blood very, sausage. Yeah, it just sounds very <laughs> um, proper and Victorian, and apparently the the children would would eat their dinner in the nursery when they had uh their oh no i just got ads on my oh no i, oh, I hate see. it when that happens oh no the worst. okay well i'll just try to remember it this happened to me last time too so they would just have turkey and they had like three or four turkeys for Wait, even the royal family has turkey they can't even do goose i th- apparently they like turkey what happened to a good old-fashioned christmas yeah. goose and then right. they would have like isn't that a thing yeah i i i don't know apparently not for them but they would they the most classic was the pudding and the pudding yes. at the end. Yeah, which I know that's just a phrase for their dessert, dessert but basically. it was actually like a plum pudding. A Christmas and, pudding, yeah. Yeah. And then they had like traditional stuffing and chestnuts and vegetables. And so I just thought, but it sounded fun and it sounded like your classic, what you'd expect from yeah, the British totally. family to have at Christmas dinner. Sounds delicious. So that's my food news. I like it. If you want to imitate, if you're inspired by the crown, you can you can have your own <laughs> your own uh, replica your own yeah, royal dinner. <laughs> you guys be honest here. And if you, you get the Christmas crackers, then you have crowns inside them. Oh, so that's true. Basically, your royalty. Yeah, perfect. You know? Do you guys wish we had royalty here so we could talk about what our royalty ate for Christmas dinner? Be honest. <laughs> I think I'm okay with just the. Prince. I think I'm okay. <laughs> I am as well. For sure. hundred percent. Okay. I mean, we're lucky in that they speak the same language and have the same heritage as, as we yeah, do. I mean, they're, so they're sort of like we our, kind of can own them. Cousin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cousin, 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 queen, yeah. the cousin queen <laughs> mother. All right, dear listeners, we had a little bit of a technical glitch and my computer decided to just reboot in the middle of our conversation. So we lost touch with Margaret, but now we're back. She's now on the phone. So it sounds a little bit different, but she's still back joining us, and she's about to give us her second food news item. Margaret, sorry about that. Take us away. No worries. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about England and the crown, 
And um, I came across this is actually written today and knew we had to talk about it. It's a um, article from a offshoot of Bon Appetit called Basically. And um, basically takes a recipe a week and they break it down into um, the basic steps and they do really intricate details, which is you how to do each piece of the recipe. And then they'll do an Instagram story video that where they're cooking it live. So you get to see what they're doing and they talk about why they do X technique or Y technique. Um, and then they'll start uh, publishing articles about different ingredients that are in the recipe itself. So this week it was a like greens um, with slow cooked with cheddar cheese gratin style thing. Mm. And the headline this morning that I read, it was literally the first thing I read this morning, why is cheddar cheese orange? <laughs> Sometimes. Good question. And I was I, like, yeah, Great yeah question. who knows? I've never known that. Yeah. Because um, there is white so, cheddar. Right. There's white cheddar from New York and Vermont mostly. In England, though, it really was orange because before um, the modern dairy industry, the cows ate grass that was rich in beta carotene in the spring and summer. And they ate hay, which wasn't rich in beta carotene in the winter. And so so that that actually colored the milk. Um, and of course, summertime and springtime milk is richer and sweeter and has more flavor, partially because they're out in the field. Um, and so there was this, um, like, orange cheddar kind of came to be associated with higher quality cheeses. Um, and then in America, Wisconsin, trying to compete against, and distinguish themselves against the Vermont and New York cheddar and dairy industries decided to start imitating that like sense of quality by putting in um uh carrot juice or saffron or marigold into the cheeses to make it kind of a look look the same yeah yeah exactly so it's you know it i mean and i mean we've all had amazing orange cheddars and amazing white cheddars that actually is one of those things where you're like, why does it matter? It yeah, doesn't. Yeah, because we don't turns think out now, there's like, a reason why. Yeah, because I mean, right now, I, d- I, I don't associate orange cheddar with being better than no, not at all. other mm-hmm. cheeses. If anything, no, usually if anything they're white like the seems mild more pure. Ones. Yeah. Right? Or, and like, like less full of food coloring or less fatty, perhaps. I don't know. I don't really know right, anything about right. cheese. but Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I like I, a really crisp white cheddar from Vermont is like the greatest cheese of all time in my mind. So then to think that like, you know, the the oranges were thought of as quality is more desirable. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Wow. So that's cool. Yeah. The more, you know, well, that is intellectually, that's an intellectually edifying contribution to this conversation, Margaret, almost as, <laughs> almost as edifying as my next headline here. Um, let me just read this to you. Taco Bell's crunch wrap scented wrapping oh paper God. sold out immediately. <laughs> Disgusting. What? Oh, Wait, what does that mean? Uh, let me just let me just read you the lead here, Sally. For the second year in a row, Taco Bell Canada released a limited edition crunch wrapping paper designed to look like the ingredients of a crunch wrap. That is ground beef, nacho cheese sauce, a crunchy tostada shell, 
a soft tortilla, and a mix of lettuce, tomato, and sour cream. As the product description is careful to note, the paper is not edible. <laughs> However, <gasps> this wondering. year it is scented. <laughs> so this is wrapping paper? Yes. Let me show you a picture of this wrapping paper. So, that is so, so you could wrap your presents. In, oh, that's disgusting. You can wrap your presents oh. to make them look like Taco Bell crunch wrap ingredients. Ew. And they will smell like that this year. <gasps> that's really, and really gross. It's sold out immediately. Wow. Oh my gosh. So this is why we can't have nice things. It's got to be like gag gifts or something. That's really gross. No, I think people just really love Taco Bell. (laughs) I think you're right. Wow. Somehow, strangely, like I guess most most fast food restaurants, it has a little bit of a cult following. Yeah, exactly. Mm. They go crazy for it. Well, there it is. The Crunchwrap scented wrapping paper sold out immediately. That's awesome. Wow. Okay, so this is completely unrelated to that, but there's this global design firm that is, I guess, getting together a bunch of, or create, there's this design and build competition for making um, gingerbread houses. And this year, the theme is Venice. So they're doing Venice at Christmas time, created with, you know, every candy under the sun. And I guess it says they... A hundred architects, designers, and engineers came together to build Venice, made up of more than 100 small islands out of Snickers, Mars bars, jelly beans, cereal, gummy bears, etc. Is there a picture? And of course, gingerbread. Oh There's like a little picture of one of the canals of Venice that is made with blue jelly beans. It looks like, I mean, it looks like beautiful Italian water. <laughs> yeah, so this wow, is on NPR. that's amazing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And they made this with candy. So, I mean... Um, that's like the epitome of gingerbread houses as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. When, when I was a kid and I would make gingerbread houses, I was always so disappointed because I would look at the outside picture on the box and I'd be like, <laughs> oh yeah, I can definitely do all no those problem. things. And then my gingerbread house would like fall over five times before I even started decorating it. And then I would run out of icing and <laughs> my hand was no, no, nowhere near as steady as I thought it was. And it just ended, ended up looking, you know, like a child made it. Yeah, I remember as a kid making like um, using milk cartons and making milk carton gingerbread houses. Wait, like how, how does that work? Well, because then they have like a frame to rest upon. Oh, okay, gotcha. So that, that makes that's sense. That's kind of nice. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Did you do it with homemade gingerbread? Um, I I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. It might have just been graham crackers. I don't remember. That's fun though. Yeah. I like the milk carton idea because that was always the hardest part: getting it to stand up. To stand up, exactly. And also, you'd be so excited to make this, and then you'd breed it, and, and you'd have to, like, glue it with the icing, and then let it sit for, you know, two hours while it cured. And so, you couldn't actually decorate it when you wanted to. Yeah, I made that mistake with the kids this year, and didn't read ahead of the instructions, and it was like, and now you have to wait 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry, that was anticlimactic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is why we never, ever, ever made gingerbread houses. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind like, of more trouble we'll than it's worth. gingerbread. You can eat gingerbread. We're not decorating. Yeah. Too much trouble. For sure. (laughs) All right. Do we have any more food news? I think, I think. Yeah. Anything else from you, Margaret? Um, well, I have one little thing because, um, as a person in the wine industry, I always get asked questions about wine. Um, and now that it's the holidays are coming up and, um, I mean, they're not coming up. They're literally right here. They're here, yeah. Um, yeah, this is actually from the summertime, but I think it's a super helpful um, and interesting article. Uh, it's from the New York Times. Um, the critic, Eric Asimov, who's a really thoughtful writer um, and has 
while it's New York Times, he still writes to make, like, to educate and to be accessible to people throughout the country um, about wine. And he wrote this awesome column. Uh, headline was just 15 helpful words for talking about wine. And um, he, he takes a bunch of um, uh, adjectives that in many cases are seemingly not about wine at all, like energetic or tense or um, plush. And um, he talks about how they apply to wine. Um, and I get this all the time where, you know, I'm talking with, with consumers at a wine shop and tasting something like that. And it's like, well, I don't like sweet wine, but I like this. And, you know, they, they associate like ripeness of, you know, immediately identifiable fruit character sweetness. The sweetness is actually just whether there's sugar in the wine or not. And most wines that we see are, don't actually have sugar. Um, so this is a really fun one. If you are super interested in wine and kind of want to go to that next level of like, okay, well, there are a couple things that I know how I like, what I like, but maybe I'll go to the local shop and start talking to them about it. Here's some more useful terms than big or red or (laughs) sweet sweet or or dry, dry, which are just too broad to be helpful. So, um, that's great. Take that would also be helpful if you're traveling to visit family and you're enjoying wine and you could just like throw out some fancy words for, like, exactly. oh, I love this wine. It's, it's so plush. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my my trick is always to say something like, it's like the brideshood scene. I just say something patently absurd, like <laughs> create a whole scene about this wine, you know. That's awesome. Um it's like, you know, your first date on your first summer vacation after college. That's what this wine is. <laughs> well, speaking of wine, um, you, do you have any recommendations for our listeners as they are traveling to visit family or having people over of wines that they could pick up and to enjoy during this Christmas season? Yeah, for sure. Um, my back pocket recommendation always is not rosé, but sparkling rosé. That sounds great. That's not not a summer-only fair? Not a summer-only fair. In fact, it's one of those, like, you know, it goes with almost any food you can imagine. Um, And so um, sparkling rosé is not made like normal rosé. It's made, um, generally speaking, certainly true in, in Champagne, where they add a little bit of still red wine to the the base wine at the stage of secondary fermentation, which is when the bubbles come in, basically. Um, and that extra red wine obviously brings the color, but it also brings tannins and structure and sometimes a little bit um, more fruit character. And that just makes it really happy with um, most other foods. That sounds good. Um, so it's, it's like one of those universally pleasing um, and it's bubbles. I mean, it's a blast. It's yeah, so much fun. You had me at sparkling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's always a good one. And it's, they're good ones from around the world at a wide variety of price points. Obviously they're beautiful champagne, um, champagne, rosé champagne, but, um, there you can get sparkling rosé. I mean, one of my favorite ones is from Tasmania. And um, there's a New Mexico place called Gruet, and they sell at Whole Foods and some other 
um, grocery store chains. And so they're, they're really available everywhere and they have a, you know, a brute rosé. Um, and that's just really fun and interesting. So that's like my back pocket. You can never go wrong with it. Um, I do think it's really cool if you live in a place where they grow wine, if you're traveling to seek out something that's local um, and bring it with you. And if you're not traveling, but you're hosting people from out of town, I think it's really fun. Oh, that's so, a great idea. you know, here in Virginia, that's super easy. Virginia has a wonderful um, and very interesting and dynamic up and coming wine scene. Obviously, places like California and New York and other places like that. But honestly, like all 50 states actually have wineries. And um, and there's some really, really interesting ones from weird places like the mountains in Pennsylvania. And I had a sparkling wine from Missouri once that was ridiculously delicious. Wow. Um, and uh, the plains out in West Texas grow these beautiful, like, Spanish style, rich, luxurious reds. Yeah, I was going to say that we used to live in San Angelo, Texas, and about 40, maybe 30 minutes down the road was a small little town called Cristobal, Texas, and they had a winery down there. Yeah. And I bet the wine was awesome. You know, I don't remember, but I'm also, I I don't know wine well enough to be able to say one way or another. I mean, I think it tasted fine, but I I wouldn't trust my own opinion. Right. Well, the real opinion that counts is that you like it. That's right. Really. <laughs> so that's something that I always recommend. It's a fun, it's a really fun way to, you know, bring a bit of home or introduce yeah. a bit of wherever you are to wherever you're going. Um, so, yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this. Oh, wait, do we still have something? Oh, you yeah. You're not going to oh, get off that right, easy. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So before, before we go, we've got a little, um, a little activity where we're going to see who, who's a real Trader Joe's fan in this group. <laughs> and what I have is 25 different items that are sold by Trader Joe's. And we're going to see how many we've actually sampled. Oh, wow. This list. Okay. Okay. So okay, just quick yes or no. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if you have some comments to make about how ridiculous this food sounds, that's or also fine. Is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm going to play as well. So I'm going to see, I haven't looked at this list, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see which of us is, is the biggest Trader Joe's fan. All right. Um, All right. And we'll just, Is someone we'll just keeping go. score? I feel I am. like someone's keeping keep score. score. Yeah. Yep. All he's right. got a little notepad. Okay. So <laughs> this list actually has 58 different foods. I'm going to limit it to 25. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> 58's a little much. <laughs> this is from delish.com. So we'll just start off here. Nice and easy. This is a, a party pleaser. Maybe you've had this around the Super Bowl. Trader Joe's Buffalo style chicken dip. Yay or nay? Have you had it? No. No. Okay. Neither have I. Okay. So we are 0 for 3. All right. Trader Joe's Green Goddess dip. Have you had it? No, but yeah. I want to. Okay, let me show you a picture, Sally. That's what it looks like. Ooh, it looks yummy. Yeah. It's a little like... A yeah, little... it's good. Yeah, so you have had it? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said no. All right. So Margaret's in the lead. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about Trader Joe's... This, this sounds like it's right up your alley, Margaret. Trader Joe's chocolate peppermint loaf and baking mix. Hmm. No. I don't think well, I've ever seen that. Yeah. Red packaging, little box. Oh, I don't think... As soon as delicious. I see it, I'm going to buy 10 of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to guess we're a no on this one. I'm intrigued, but not that intrigued. Chocolate lava gnocchi. Oh my goodness, I heard about this. Oh, that sounds no. really gross. <laughs> wow. No. All right, yeah, we'll pass on that Ew. one. 
Okay, uh, also intrigued by this one, but nowhere near intrigued enough to try it. Turkey and stuffing kettle chips. Oh, I heard no. about that too, but no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've I'm, never seen these. Man, I know. I, I haven't either. Blame. Maybe some of them are regional. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how Trader Joe's distribution or they, works. Or they're the kind of things where they just fly off the shelves right away. Yeah. This one I'm definitely in for. Uh, never seen it, but I would absolutely try it. Philly cheesesteak bow buns. What is a bow bun? Never seen it. It's a bow. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I've never seen that either. Okay. These are so obscure. I know. They really are. Uh, you guys just must not be real fans. Of I shows. guess not. I guess not. <laughs> All right. Cauliflower tot casserole. I have I have seen it, but I have not had not it. tried okay. it. Fall leaf tortilla chips. I've seen them, but not tried them. They are colored mm-hmm. and shaped like fall leaves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. All right. Uh, cinnamon bun spread. Nope. Oh, it's... like the spe- like a cookie spread, but not. So it's unclear. Maybe. I mean, it's unclear if this is something Maybe you like spread bis- on top oh. of a cinnamon bun or if it's like a spread that I think it's tastes like, the like a cinnamon bun. Kind of thing. The, like, it, like, yeah, n- the, like Nutella? Sure. Or like the Biscoff. It's like a, a butter, but it, like cookie butter. Okay. All right. So we're a no on the. Uh, <laughs> not tried it. All right. Uh, tiramis- Guys, we're, we're just not Trader Joe's. Fans. We are. Apparently not. No. Uh, we're only through nine foods, too. All right. Number 10, <laughs> tiramisu tort. Nope. All right, number 11. Oh, wait, is that the frozen one? I have had that. Okay, wow, Margaret. I've had that. Expanding the lead. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number 11, everything but the bagel dip. No, I thought they were going to say the seasoning. I love the seasoning. Margaret's had it. Seasoning's amazing. Yeah, the seasoning is good. I've only had the seasoning, not the dip. It's a Greek style yogurt dip though, so it's not a um, Mm. not a spread for bagels, but actually a dip for you know veggies or maybe you could do like little uh, little mini bagel dips or something. Um, number twelve, Sal. You may have had this pumpkin butter. Did you have that? Yeah, I think I have tried the pumpkin butter too. too. Yes, yes. Wow, I haven't had it in a while, but hey, if you've had it, you've had it. Okay, number thirteen, Trader Joe's JoJo's cookies and cream light ice cream. Whoa, ice cream? No. Oh wait, light. It says light. Light? I don't know. Why would you do that? I don't know. No, we're gonna deny that that exists. Yeah. We, Sally has I a didn't very, even know they had JoJo's Sally ice has cream. a principled stance against light ice cream. Yeah, it says light yeah. on it. Okay, this sounds horrible. Vegan ranch dip. No. Okay. Same here. Uh, Why? Yeah, exactly. I Number don't even 15, understand that. mac and cheese bites. Mm. Mm. Uh, no. They look good. I bet our girls would love those. Oh, wow. Are they like frozen? Yes, they're you... frozen and they're little, um, they're, they're, they look breaded, perhaps fried, and then you just heat them up in the oven. Yum. That sounds amazing. Seven types of cheese. Cheddar, Havarti, Swiss, Gouda, cream cheese, Monterey Jack, and Pecorino Romano. Wow, that sounds like adult mac and cheese. Yeah. Okay, a little update on the score here. Margaret, four. Sally, one. Zach, zero. (laughs) And I remain at zero after the next one, which is ketchup-flavored spud crunchies. (laughs) What? No. I have not. Where do these, what Trader Joe's? I don't know. I don't know. Here we go. Number 17. This looks good. Never had it, but sweet corn burrata and basil ravioli. Ooh. That looks really good, actually. Have not tried that it. That sounds really good. Yeah. Man. No, um, I haven't had that one. Number I'm 18. I have seen this. I would never try it. Turmeric ginger coconut beverage. That doesn't sound good. No. Okay. I don't order things that are called beverages. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, number 19. <laughs> Campanology lemon peel, which is a, uh, it's a malt beverage infused with lemon juice. 
Hmm. No. No. Nor have I. Okay. I don't think those that are sold in Virginia. Yeah, I think some of this definitely is regional stuff. I mean, I've never, I know for sure, I've never seen this next one, which is Ubi? U-B-E? How would you pronounce that? Yeah. Ube. I heard about U- this. Ube. Ube ice cream. Yes. Purple yam flavored yeah. ice cream. I heard about this, but yeah. have not seen it. Okay. But those are it's not the like those are not the purple sweet. potatoes you were talking about. These are purple yams, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. And you you have not had this, Margaret? I've not had I've had Ube ice cream. Okay. But I have not had Trader Joe's Ube. All right. How about uh Bloody Mary salsa? No. No. Okay. No. How about we have had this, I think. Creamy pink primavera pasta sauce. Have we had that? Um, I think we it tasted it at like a little um Sample station. So you're saying I've had it, yes. Yes, you've had it. <laughs> All right, I'm on the board. Okay. Excellent. Uh, cold brew coconut cream lattes. No. Okay. Um, no for me as well. Everything but the bagel seasoned smoked salmon. I've oh, seen this, still. but I've not had it. <laughs> Only the I haven't had that. I haven't seen that. I would love that. That sounds amazing. No, super good. Is that smoked salmon? Uh, it is, yep. Oh, seasoned wow. smoked salmon. Yum. All right, and number 25, awesome. the final one, sparkling, it's sparkling, Sally, sparkling Ooh. watermelon juice. Oh, no, I haven't had that either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so the final score, Margaret four, I think these are just, Sally two, Zach had a sample They're two once. outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> they're Sally, too unusual. What, what I'm learning from this is that you're not actually a true no, fan. No, I'm not. You're I'm not, not a true fan Clearly, of Trader Joe's. No. How can you call yourself that? No. Okay. Not when I just buy bread and <laughs> cheese and fruit and pasta. The things that they're really good at. Yeah, yeah. That's the normal stuff on my grocery list. <laughs> yeah, these, uh, these things that I read would fall most in most cases into the camp of Marketing gimmicks. Yeah, because Trader Joe's Trader Joe's is very good at marketing, but I guarantee oh, they're uh, they're not staking their fourth quarter profit on their chocolate lava gnocchi. <laughs> oh my gosh, dear God, if they were. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well that's that's all I have. Uh, we've learned that none of us are true fans, um, but especially me, who had a sample once. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us, Margaret. This was a lot of fun. Oh, so my fun. Thank you. Always enjoy having you on to talk about all kinds of things, but especially food because food's so wonderful. Likewise, likewise. Have a very uh, Merry Christmas, a blessed remainder of your Advent. Hopefully you can uh, get some good flash fried Brussels sprouts pretty soon. I'm going to seek them out after you talk about it. I'm going to be making some mashed potatoes. <laughs> awesome. Take care. <laughs> Merry Christmas. All right. Thanks so much, Margaret. I'm